Praise the Lord. It is good to be here with you together in the house of the Lord. It is good to celebrate with you. It is good to, uh, to read His Word and to learn. I think a lot about how I would handle certain situations. You know, I think about the, um, the soldiers in wartime situations and when their lives are at risk. I think, would I be able to respond with courage? Or would I cower in fear? Have you ever thought about that? And we, we place such a high honor on our veterans, and rightly so. Would we be able to stand when others cannot? Would we be able to respond with courage when others cannot? Would we be able to fulfill our duties as a soldier under pressure? And I think of Peter. If I was in the boat (laughs) when the storm was raging and Jesus comes, do you remember? And Jesus had told them to go on ahead of them and that he would meet them on the other side of the lake. Okay? And so Jesus comes to them in the midst of a storm. The storm kicks up. There's a few storms in the Bible that we hear about. But this one storm is kicked up. And I've told you this, that when I went to Israel, we boarded a boat and we followed the same exact path that the boat that the apostles were in followed. And we stopped at the place where it is believed that this storm kicked up and that Jesus met them on the wall. That is an amazing experience. And we just stopped. The motor quit. We, we silenced everything. Nobody spoke a word. We just sat there and we prayed and just took it all in to be in the very spot. And so Jesus, in their fear of their, they're fearing for their lives. And Jesus comes to them on the water and all they can see is this glow and it even says that they think it was a ghost and they even yelled out it's a ghost mind you these are the leaders of the early church okay and they're still thinking we're gonna die by this storm and now we're there's a ghost coming and what does jesus say don't be afraid How many times did he have to tell them that? Don't be afraid. It's only I. It's just me. It's just Jesus. It's me. And what does Peter do? He says, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come to you on the water. So obviously now, Peter, they still cannot recognize that it's him because of the distance or maybe because of the aura that was around him. We don't know. 
And so Peter says, Lord, if it's you, can you see? So he was still not convinced. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. (laughs) I want to be that guy. (laughs) I want to be found as a believer. I want to be the one that gets out of the boat, even though I'm afraid. Do you understand? I want to be the one that sets my foot on the water. (laughs) I want to be the one that walks to the master. I want to be the one that believes. In John chapter 20, would you turn there with me? Sometimes, have you ever had so many things on your mind that you just can't calm down? (laughs) You just can't shake it, you know? Most of the time you're able to shake it, but there's some times that you just can't, can't shake it, you know? Last night was one of those nights for me. And I just had so many things on my mind. And I couldn't shake it. And I prayed and... And I just, I could feel it welling up in my physical body, you know. And I just, I had to do something. I, I couldn't just sit there. And um, my, my wife uh, was wanting to watch a, a movie together with Colin. And, um, and I, just, I just couldn't at that, time, at that time. I couldn't sit there anymore. It was just bothering me physically even. And I said, I got, I got to go. I got to take a walk or something. So I did. It was pitch black out. And she says, you're going to get hit. Not a good idea. <laughs> it probably wasn't the greatest idea, but we live on a dead end, so we're fairly safe. So I bundled up, and I, I'm walking down the road. Of course, I had a flashlight, and I'm just thinking about all of these things that were on my mind, and I'm thinking you know, about the church, and I'm thinking about my family, and I'm thinking about you know, different things. And um, sometimes it gets to the point where just one little seemingly minuscule thing just puts you over the edge, right? And so uh, it was something as stupid as my Christmas lights kept shutting off on me. (laughs) And it was just, I had been up to here, you know, and um, that pushed me over the edge and with all those things. And that, that's no big deal, right? Who cares? But it was just one of those things, and you've probably been there, that you're, you're filled up and you just can't take any more. And then that one thing that shouldn't puts you over the edge. And so I just, I needed to be alone with the Lord. I needed to hear from Him. I needed to be close to him. And oftentimes for me, that means I'm, I'm just going to go out, I'm going to go for a walk, either be in nature or, you know, worship or something. And, uh, and so as I'm walking, I'm just thinking and 
as I'm thinking about all of these things and the worries and um, concerns that I had and um, maybe fears, hurts, or, you know, thoughts of future, I just began to cry out to the Lord. And I said, Lord, I need to hear from you. I need to hear from you. And the Lord brought me to that scripture where Peter is wanting to be where the Lord is, you know, and and the Lord is coming to them on the water. And Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. That's never been done before. It's never been done since. And so Peter gets down out of the boat. He leaves the safety of the boat that's keeping him alive to walk to Jesus on the water. And I wonder, had we been in that same position where, what would our response be? You know? And in our lives, when we face adversity, when we face difficulty, when we face pain, when we face hurt, all of these things, when we face disease, what is, what is our response going to be? Some of you sitting here within the sound of my voice are suffering physically. All right? Some of you are suffering financially. Some of you are suffering in, in other ways, and you can fill in the blank as to what your need is. You know God knows. I wonder what your response will be to that adversity, to the resistance that you are facing. You know, and I just, as I was talking to the Lord, do you know that you can just talk to the Lord? Do you know that you can... Talk to him as I'm talking to you. Do you know that you can let him know your concerns? The Bible says to cast your cares upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. <laughs> cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. The Bible says to draw near to God and he will what? Draw near to you. And so as we face these difficulties in our lives, and we all do, Whatever the case may be, we can come to God. And in Hebrews it says to come, that we can even come boldly to the very throne of God. <laughs> boldly. We don't have to come sheepishly. We don't have to come secretly or quietly. We can come boldly to the very throne of God. You know, when children need something, I think of all these little ones that are running around this place. Thank God for that. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Man, that's, that's a sign. That's a good sign to see a bunch of little ones running around. But when, when they come to their parents, they're not sheepish about it, are they? Man, they're, they're coming at a gallop. They're running. Boom! They just grab onto mama or grandpa and grandma. They don't fear. They, there's nothing that's keeping them. They don't come bashfully. No, they come with everything they got. Why? Because they know that mama and daddy or grandma and grandpa is going to do what? 
that God is going to pick him up. We know that God is going to pick us up. And we can come to him that way. I want to be a believer. I want to be the one that believes when it's difficult to believe. I want to be the one that symbolically steps out of that boat and believes. I want to be the one that reaches out when nobody else does. In John chapter 20, verse 24, it says, Now Thomas, also called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. Now this is after his crucifixion. He's been buried in the tomb. So Peter, now remember some of the others had seen Jesus. He appeared to them. But Thomas was not with them when the Lord came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, remember where the spear was, I will not believe. You see, Thomas didn't want to be caught being fooled. I think a lot of people are in that same boat. Many people are in that same boat. I think we, we now characterize Thomas as doubting Thomas. That's how he's known. I think he gets a bad rap. But I think I'm doubting Russ. Okay? But I want to be a believer. I want to be a believer. I want to be found believing. Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. I don't want to be taken for a fool, he's saying. A week later, his disciples were in the house again. But this time, Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came And stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. You see my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. And what does he say to him? Stop doubting and believe. Stop doubting and believe. I want you to rid your minds of religion. I want you to rid your minds of traditions. All we're talking about here. Stop doubting and believe. Do you believe? Do you know what you believe? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Do you believe that He is the Messiah? Do you you believe that he died on the cross to save you from your sin? 
Do you believe that he was buried in a tomb that didn't belong to him? And do you believe that he rose again on the third day? Friends, stop doubting and believe. Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. He's saying to Thomas, you believe because you've seen me. Blessed are those who will later come and believe even though they have not seen me. That's us. That's us. We're going to go home to our homes. We're going to go back to our workplaces and our schools and wherever that may take us. And there's going to be people who don't believe. Are you going to be a believer in the company of those people? Are you going to be a light showing the love of Christ to unbelievers? It's not our job to point our finger at them. It's not our job to tell them, well, you got to stop your drinking first. It's not our job to tell them, you need to clean yourself up. It's not our job to tell them, you got to stop smoking. That's not for you. That's not for me. Our job is to model to them Christ's love. Our job is to show them the love of Christ through our actions. There's a song that we sing occasionally, and it says, He looked beyond my fault and saw my need. Christ looks beyond our faults. Hallelujah for that. (laughs) Yeah? Can we all say amen at that? He looks beyond our faults and he sees our need. Can you as a believer do that to those for those who don't believe? Will you be the one that when they look at you, they see Jesus? And there's a saying and it's very Christianized these days in churches, but it, it, it really is true. And it says that you may be the only Bible that some will ever read. You ever thought about that? You may be the only representation of Christ that people will ever see in their lives. They may not go and pick up a Bible and read it. I think that's very true. But they'll look at you. And they'll listen to you. They may not like what you have, what you have to say. But God's Word is powerful. <laughs> More powerful, the Bible says, than a double-edged sword. Able to pierce between bone and marrow. More powerful than a double-edged sword. God's Word is able to cut right to the heart. The Bible says to speak the truth of God in love. 
I want to be the one that speaks out. I want to be one. I want to be the one that swallows my fear and speaks words of truth to people. I want to be one that is like those soldiers that master their fear and they accomplish the goal for which they were sent out at the risk of their lives. I want to be that one. We are called to be Christ's ambassadors. You know what an ambassador is? It's somebody who represents somebody else. That ambassador has full authority and power to represent the one who is sending him. We are Christ's ambassadors. Wherever we go at home, how many of you know it's hardest to live the Christian life when you're at home? (laughs) Yeah, right? You're in your own house. You're the boss in your own house. Okay? And that is the hardest place to live as a Christian. All right? Things come out of our mouths that shouldn't, right? We react in ways that we shouldn't. Why? Well, no Christians are watching us. I think when we're in church on Sunday mornings, we are the holiest people around. We're the cleanest people around. Good morning, brother. Good morning, sister. Peace be to you. <laughs> and we, we know all the lingo, maybe, and we talk that Christianese, and we, uh, it's, it's real easy to be holy in church. But when you go out those doors, and the bills come in the mail, and the dog gets loose, and the washer breaks down, and the toilet overflows... <laughs> We're just going to stop right there. <laughs> oh, boy, it's hard to be a Christian. It's hard to be a Christian when those things happen. Yeah? But we are called, we are called as Christ's ambassadors, yes, to be Christians in our own homes. We are called to represent him in the workplace, in our schools, and, yes, in our church. Amen. Will you be one of the believers? Will you be a believer? Will you be one that steps out of the boat when things are difficult? Will you be one who believes when it's not popular to believe? Will you be one who speaks the truth in love when others call you a hypocrite or say they don't want anything to do with your religion, will you remain faithful to Christ? I remember when I was working at Pepsi in Batavia, I would, this was before I was a route driver, I was working in the warehouse for, I don't know, a year and a half or so, and I would take my Bible And I would leave it up on top of the big snack machine that was there. And while I was eating lunch, I would grab my Bible out, and I would sit there 
in the midst of 15, 20 other guys, and I'd read my Bible. <laughs> boy, that really stirred up some things. <laughs> and boy, I, that was not easy. That was not easy. But I felt like, you know what? It's, it's important. It's important. Not many people do that. And I wanted these guys to see Christ in me. Now, mind you, I wasn't a perfect example, and I made mistakes. But after a while, people began to hang around when others would go. After they ate lunch, they would leave and do other things. Some would hang around, and they'd ask, well, what are you reading today? And it opens up the door. And they would, they would ask me to pray for them about certain things. And so in that case, I was the only Bible that somebody else would read. They would see me, they would see my actions in the warehouse. And again, I'm not anything perfect, right? But by the grace of God, I was able to show them the love of Christ and what a true Christian is, not what religion is, what a true Christian is. I was representing Christ to other people. That is what we are to do as believers. Would you stand with me today? Let's close in prayer. Will you be a believer? I want to be a believer. I want to be one of those. I want to be the one. I believe it's in Isaiah when God says, who, who, will, who shall I send? Who will go for us? As if calling and looking for someone to represent them. God, here am I. Send me. Here am I. Send me. I want to be the one that you choose, God. Use me. When we were back in school, some of us years and years ago, others like myself not too long ago, when we knew the answer, what would we do? We'd raise our hands. Do you know the answer today? Do you know the answer today? When the teacher said, I need someone to do this or that, we would raise our hand. God is asking us, who will go for me? Whom shall I send? Will it be you? Or you? Or you? Here am I, Lord. Send me. I'm available. I'm committed. I'm ready. Send me. I think of missionaries, people that give up their lives. I think of the Matthewsons that work down and harvest hands at the orphanage and all the work that they have done. And Gary, who was, both of them were members of our church. And I just remember Terry, his wife, 
coming first, and for a few years, she came by herself. Some of you ladies here are in that position. You come by yourself without your husband or vice versa. And she would pray and pray and pray. And finally, (laughs) finally, Gary, her husband, came to church one day. God spoke to his heart and he began more and more to come on a regular basis. And I remember one day he took his cigarettes, took them out of his pocket and he crumpled them up and he threw them on the altar. Some of you here remember that. And God got a hold of that man's heart. And he had a good job. He was making good money. And he gave it all up because God called him. He gave it up to go to a place. He didn't even speak Spanish, but God was calling him. And he took his whole family and they moved down to Mexico and began to work with an orphanage for little Spanish children to have a place to call home, to receive an education, to receive proper nourishment and clothing when they didn't have it before. And amongst those that are here today, very few of you will receive that calling. Very few of you. But that doesn't mean that we can't be his ambassadors here, wherever we go here, within our circle of influence. Amen? Will you be one that responds to the call of God and says, Here am I, Lord. Send me. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, we come before you today. Forgive us, Lord, for our unbelief and as The psalmist says, help me in my unbelief. Lord, sometimes we doubt. We all do it. God, we want to be believers. We want to be the ones that say, yes, I will when others will not. We want to be the ones that say, here we are. Here am I. Send me. We want to be the ones that drum up the courage to step out of the boat of anonymity, the boat of comfort, the boat of ease to be able to follow the calling of Christ. Help us, Lord, to be believers. Help us to be the ones to take up the call, to take up the cross, and to follow you. May our lights shine brightly for you. In Jesus' name, amen.